Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. No Neglect November is is almost over as like a series. We're recording just before the very last installment of this series on November 30th, 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. November. Right? Um, Amber Nicole is going to be leading us in song with music as self-care later on tonight. But we have had a really full November. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a... It's been a whole year of a month. A year of a month. That <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we've had lots of events this November to take care of ourselves. And just because by the time you guys are hearing this, it is no, or is December, does not mean that we no longer care about um, the, the mental health of our community. But um, let's see. Let's just think about all the things that we did this month. So we started off with meditation as self-care um, as our first event with Constance Dunlap which is a really a really good time um, where we kind of chatted with each other and um, did some meditation and some some thinking um, which I thought was really really helpful so that was on November 5th then on November 11th uh, I taught y'all how to do some basic knitting things um, with my big fluffy yarn and if you need some some uh some help with that I know we've definitely shared the links to uh how to start knitting but again uh giving that as an option as um you try to take care of yourself and finding out what your hobby is and what can be a good um means of de-stressing and getting away from um the, the hard work that we know that we've been doing this month. And then oh. on November oh. on November 13th, we had Art as Self-Care with Patia Thomas. Which was so which was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, seeing her sculpt- sculpting and um, seeing her little, um, like, I think she had a mug, right? Like the mugs, I want one of those. They were um, of the like little body mugs. of the bellies, butts, and boobies line. She yes, said, that's what I, is, I, I, I resonated so heavy with that bellies, butts, and boobies because um, mm-hmm. she like her art is just so so real and so embodied. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. just it was wonderful. And then yes. yoga with Kathy Kang and Opal, mm-hmm. right? Ohio Progressive Asian Women's Leadership. Um, I've got to say, I turned my camera off and I just like did the poses. And by the time that thing was done, I was like, why don't I do yoga every day? Oh, it was so good. And then our last thing is going to be tonight, which is November 30th at 6 p.m. With Amber Nicole doing music as self-care. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm sure that is going to be a great time. Uh, so that has been our month, and of course, I mean, like I said, it's been a year of a month, um, but we started off this month with um, a kind of um, meditation space on election night, um, as we are all, I'm sure, impatiently waiting for the results of this election and 
man, I don't think I've been able to let go of my election anxiety until literally, like, last week, when finally the transition plans could start to happen. Um, so, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a, then, I'm on a step-down program. I'm on, like, the Nicorette, like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on, like, a, like, a, I don't know, a 10 milligram patch now. Like, I'm, I'm moving down, but, yeah, I'm still, mm-hmm. ooh, and I, I think... The No Neglect November is so important because the emphasis was self-care, but really all the self-care that we did was community care, right? Mm -hmm. Like coming together in community and caring for ourselves by being cared for by one another. And Mm -hmm. that's just so, so essential as we move through everything else we have to do in this world. So I I hope people don't... uh, don't forget the the self-care piece and we can always come back to you know these these wonderful people these resources that are part of our community um from no neglect november um and that kind of leads us into where we're headed here for december right uh we've got we've got a great great opportunity lined up called the people's hearings and if ever there were community care that's what this is all about. The people's hearings coming up on, what is it? The 16th of December, which is a Wednesday. They're going to run from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the emphasis of the people's hearings is basically to hear people, which is a novel idea, particularly for people of the Ohio General Assembly. Um, for many people, you know, that now is lame duck session. The Ohio General Assembly is coming back and making all kinds of laws with people voting on those laws who either didn't win election or have been term limited or won't be there in January. So it's like their last opportunity to get all the things that they want done. And they tend to just not want to hear what the people of the state have to say in testimony and conversation. Normally they they rush things through real quick. Um, This year they're they're ostensibly not allowing people to come in and testify via safe electronic means and instead are requiring everybody to be there in person. So long story short, uh, Freedom of Choice Ohio, which is a coalition of reproductive rights groups throughout the state, are putting together the people's hearings because we're going to let the people speak and be heard. Yeah, and I know that like our last couple podcasts have a lot have been a lot about um, how we need to take care of ourselves as uh, community members because our government officials are not taking care of us. The fact that like virtual testimony is not the norm, and also the fact that like the state house has definitely become a place where. Uh, it's not safe to be there. Like you are at risk going to the state house of getting COVID. Um, just shows that they they're not putting us first, which is supposed to be their job as civil servants. One hundred percent. I'm really glad that we are creating this space for ourselves to hear each other out and like hear um, what our testimonies are. Um, I think that it's really important. And so that's starting on December 16th. So 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. We're going to be taking that time to hear each other and take care of each other because um, I know 
like we as community members know how important it is to hear each other and um you know right now when we can't trust our government officials to do that at least we are going to do that for ourselves that's right and i think it's so important for us to remember you know in developing these hearings we had a a couple of women come forward and say like for me as a woman they not obviously not me but you know hearing these women they said the state house has not been a safe place for us at all mm-hmm. like way before covid because we come and pour our hearts out and tell our stories and they're not heard no these legislators listen to our stories and then they respond in ways to advance their political agenda, to try to tear us down, to try to rip apart our lived experience. Mm -hmm. So we haven't felt safe at the State House for a long while. And I I found that so profoundly sad because we are in a society where the one place that should be a safe place for every Ohioan to tell their story and be heard ought to be the people's house, Mm -hmm. the people's house and the people's Senate and before the governor. And that's just not our reality in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what does it mean for us as as religious and spiritual people when we have to acknowledge that people telling their stories, particularly about reproductive health care and abortion, are devalued, debased, and subjected to spiritual and sometimes actual physical harm because their legislators have an agenda that doesn't fit with the experience of the constituent. I mean, that, that is just terrifyingly profound for me. I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how we go forward without mending that ill in our in our society here in Ohio. Yeah, um, and this definitely ties into something that me and Terry have been doing. So we have been involved in this. Uh, it's the global, the School of Global Citizenry uh, does a movement chaplaincy training that we have been doing for a little bit now. And um, I was working on catching up this week. And one of the lessons is actually about listening and how to be a good listener. Because when you are a person who is there to care for someone's spiritual and emotional needs, um, especially in movement spaces, it's really important to not only hear people, like literally, like, like listen or receive their stories in some way but it is important to be a good listener and so we've talked about like the ways that just actually letting people feel heard um can be a way of empowering them to to feel like their story is valid to feel like their experience is valid to give them the confidence to um you know work for their own best interests because it can be hard when you have your when you have your own experience just like sitting inside yourself unable to communicate that with someone who's really ready to listen to you and validate that like it can be hard to feel like you can make your voice heard um and it's so important to to be empathetic and to 
be with people and to hear them and to validate that. And I definitely agree with this idea of um, like it not being a safe place for basically everyone who's not a cis white man in the state house because you know I've seen time and time again uh, queer people and women come forward and tell their stories and not be heard it's it's been so hard for me to to hear testimony um, for a bill that would be good for queer people or good for women and especially around reproductive rights and then just see all of that beautiful heartfelt like vulnerable story be heard and then just ignored when it comes to voting on a bill and so I'm it's just it I think that this is super important um and is another part of community care is is hearing those stories and um being empathetic with each other because if we absolutely. don't absolutely like we're already in a, a bit of social isolation just by being separated from each other during covid um and if we don't, if we can't even share the the experiences that we have that are fully affected by these bills that people are trying to pass, then like, it's it's not helping. <laughs> That's for sure. Right, right. And and there's so much that could be done that could help our people. You know, we we look at the kind of resources we need in the state, and while while we have horrible, horrible maternal health problems in the state of Ohio. While we have horrible fetal health problems, you know, particularly in early childhood, infancy, you know, to two years old, we have tremendous problems in terms of people being able just to survive and have a healthy environment for their children. And instead, we have people pushing things at the state house that are just flat abusive. Mm -hmm. And any story, any person's experience that flies in the face of the abusive agenda either gets attacked and maligned, like like you've said, or it gets completely and totally ignored. I think that is one of the most spiritually damaging things I have witnessed in in my time uh, of reproductive rights advocacy at the Ohio State House, when people go before a committee, when they go go before the House Committee in the House, or, or you know testify before a committee in the Senate, and they tell their story, they open themselves up in ways that they may not have been able to open themselves up publicly ever before to that point in time. And they lay themselves bare in front of the chairperson and all of the people of that committee. And some of the people on that committee won't even look at the person giving the testimony. You know, testimony is, is what they call all of these speaking engagements in front of people. And for me, as a, as a person who was raised uh, evangelical, uh, testimony has a very religious uh, connotation in my mind. It, it, just, it just fits that way. You have a testimony in, in um, the religious upbringing that I had, um, and you have a, a responsibility to share that testimony, that story about what God has done for you and in you and in your life. You have a responsibility to share that with people. 
And it makes me so incredibly angry and sad at the same time when I see people come and give their testimony to people at the state house and not have that received, mm-hmm. not have that acknowledged. And I, I, I sincerely hope that the people's hearing will help us begin to openly acknowledge and honor people's testimonies in a way that can build power and help to show folks the power of their story. I know there are people listening to us right now who have an abortion story that they've never told. And I would implore you, I would implore you to open yourself up to doing the self-care and the internal work that you need to do to get yourself to a place that you might be able to bless at least one or two other people with that story. If it's not big and public in front of everybody, doesn't matter. To be able to tell your story is a gift and a blessing. And, you know, if if no other person, I would like to hear your story, right? I'm a pastor, so I get to hear a lot of people's stories that they don't tell anybody else, which I think is one of the, the best gifts of being a pastor, is that you you get blessed with people's vulnerable times. But you only get blessed in that way when you are open and when you honor people. And I, I hope that's what we can start to do in the people's hearings across Ohio. You know, honor people's stories, honor people's experiences. Yeah, yeah, and just the the difference that it can make when your when your story is heard and honored, um, it can be like night and day. You know, especially when comparing it to when your story is ignored to to when your story is honored, it can just make a whole difference, and. Um, I, this was a part of our training that I was talking about earlier, but uh, it talked about like how, how empowering it can be to have someone just listen to you and listen all the way through uh, what you've experienced and tell every bit of, of what's happened to you and how that affected you and how um, it can empower them. And also like the way that you said um, it's a gift to be able to hear people's stories. Like I feel like whenever... I have been entrusted with the vulnerable, delicate parts of someone um, by hearing their story. Like I, in my in my own way, am empowered and blessed, and um, am given the strength to move forward because I know that like I'm not alone in struggling, even though our struggles may be may look a little different. Um, and also, I know that there is someone to be fighting for. It's not an invisible cause. And I know it's never been an invisible cause, but hearing another person's story just makes the issues, especially around reproductive health care, even more real. Um, I want to share like a couple of uh, things that uh, I learned from our little uh, lesson from Movement Chaplaincy around the difference between empathy and sympathy. Um, because especially maybe you're listening to this and um, you, you want to be a better listener. You want to be a person that somebody can trust to tell their story to you. Um, and you want to give them this impactful um, uh, moment of empowerment. So I just thought I'd share a few of the notes that I wrote down. <laughs> Specifically, it's from a, 
a video on responding by um, Brene Brown. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of the video, but I think it's it's about empathy versus sympathy. And so when you when you are expressing empathy, you're fueling connection. You are taking the perspective of the person who is telling their story to you. You are recognizing their emotions and you are communicating with them uh, what you're hearing and um, listening to them. Not to respond, but to, to actually hear them and know more about who they are as a person. And in all, it's, it's a time of feeling with someone, not feeling for them, but feeling with them. And it's definitely a choice. And the, the phrase that um, Br Brene Brown used is, I'm glad you told me, as a, a ways of recognizing that story. On the other hand, sympathy uh, actually drives disconnection because you're not, you're not uh, focusing on how you are alike and how you care for each other, but rather are saying like, oh, I'm sorry for like, for example, with grieving, it's like, I'm sorry for your loss, but more it's like, I'm grieving with you. Like that is a better way to, to recognize the, the pain there. Um, and other signs of sympathy are saying like, at least it's not this, or mm. at least it's not that, um, trying to make a silver lining out of something, or even just uh, making attempts to make things better, because that's not recognizing the power of somebody's story or recognizing um, the experiences that they've had, but just trying to move past it. And um, let me say, from all of my experiences in life, I've learned that um, when something, when, when you get big feelings, is how I've said it, um, when there are big feelings around something, it is best to just like try to as carefully get through them uh, than to try to move, move past them. So um, those, are, those are the advice that I've gotten from uh, the movement chaplaincy tra training around empathy versus sympathy. And um, another, another thing about empathy is it's rarely an actual response. Um, and it rarely makes anything better, but um, it like actually physically makes something better. But the connection in itself is what makes things better. Um, right. It's not it's not like trying to change anything or like reminding people that like your situation could have been worse. It's just being with someone. And that's how you hear someone's story is be having connection with them and working to just be. And a, a key part of religious and spiritual work, um, you know, for those of us who are, are pastors and rabbis and clergy, you know, of, of other faiths, a key part of that spiritual work is accompaniment. Just being with people as they go through what they have to go through, um, you know, like you've said, the concept of sympathy as I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's that's what I call insulating behavior. Mm -hmm. That's I'm I'm sorry this happened to you. And the subtext is and I'm really glad it didn't happen to me. And the conclusion out of all that is, because I hope it will never happen to me. Mm -hmm. 
And that 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 distancing is a coping mechanism for people who don't want to experience pain or who don't want to acknowledge the pain they have in their lives. All right. And we've got to learn some things, particularly from our sisters and brothers in the Eastern traditions, that suffering is an essential part of the human experience. You're never going to escape suffering. Mm -hmm. So understanding your suffering and allowing your suffering to be bound up with the suffering of others in ways that are not going to fix other people, but rather will find connection within that bond and thereby allow you to bear more simply and more fully the whole of your experience, that's the essence of living, right? That's community, right? And I feel like so much of the institutionalized world, particularly around politics, but, you know, take a, take a look at just about any other structure of society, um, much of our institutional reality that we've created is constructed to strip away that connectivity. Yeah. And and it's not working. It ain't working. We saw this pandemic come. We are in the midst of this pandemic and we see all the structures of our society just failing to care for one another, right? Because the whole problem with the pandemic is you can't just wall yourself off mm-hmm. and be safe. Yeah. Right? Safe is a community effort. Yeah. Mm. And even even when you do wall yourself off, like it's not healthy to just be fully connect disconnected from community. It, we can't just survive as individual people. Like that's just not that's just not that's how it right. works. That's that's why we've had to come up with different ways of being in community, either by Zoom or um, you know, doing socially distanced outside uh, connection with masks. So if I've learned anything this year, it has been like the importance of community, even even in the midst of all this where we're all separated from each other. I feel like I've learned even more so the importance of like being connected to other people. Amen. It's it's that old um, that old parable saying that um, has like you know all kinds of disputed um, origins, but the gist of it is. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, I, I think that's probably a, a good place for us just to remind everybody that in the midst of um, all of our work here in December, we're participating in uh, an event that we call Holy Days of Sharing. Uh, we at Ohio RCRC know that we go nowhere alone. We go everywhere together. We have partners all over the state of Ohio that join us in our work and who we join in their work. And during our end of year giving campaign, we're going to highlight every single day a new partner in the state of Ohio that we want to lift up to everybody. And we're going to be sharing donations with those partners. Um, Folk can go to uh, ohiorcrc.org, drop us a donation during the month of December, And you have a whole list um, of every day that has a different community partner. And if you donate on that particular day, we split your donation 50-50 with our community partner and with us. Because we know that if we grow strong and nobody else does, we're not really growing the movement and we're not growing strong. 
you know, that's that's called hoarding when you keep all the resources for yourself. So our, our goal during uh, Holy Days of Sharing is to share the support and the community effort that we put into the financial support of the broader efforts that we're all going through. So just head on over to ohiorcrc.org and check us out, take a, a view through the whole list. We're going to go all the way um, until I think the 24th of December is the, the last day for a partner. So, I hope you will join us for the people's hearing. And uh, I hope that you are taking care of yourself and just getting through it with the community that you're with. Because even as we are separated, we are still in community with each other. So even though uh, No Neglect November is over, we're still caring for each other. Yeah. So we will see you in uh, two weeks. Woo! Yay.